stuff as deeply as Dr. House. Well, you know what? I have different gifting than Dr. House. Dr. House is an amazingly gifted person in what God gifted him to do. Larry's amazingly gifted in what God gifted him to do. And I'm, hopefully I'm gifted in what God gave for me to do. And they're very, very get different giftings, but it's still the heart of a pastor that's the, at the core of that. So in the days that come ahead, I'm, I haven't told Dr. House, but I'm going to ask him to come and divide the word for us very, very soon. Uh, but today, this is not like we're, we're hiring an assistant. And if what happens to me and is Larry taking over? No. We answered all that yesterday. I wanted to explain that. He's just a pastor in the way that, Scott, you're a deacon. You'll always be a deacon. It's what God called you to do. I said to the group yesterday, Scott taught me I don't have to do it all myself. And he continues to teach me, and I'm grateful for that. I needed to be taught that lesson. And, you know, Paul Britton will always be a deacon. Jimmy, you're always a deacon. You were ordained right here, I believe, weren't you? I was looking back through that today. So God brings the gifts that he needs for his church where it is. And uh, so he's brought us a gift that I was needing right now, or that we were needing, not just me, uh, of a more intimate, uh, hey, Sam, I just noticed you're here. Uh, of a more intimate role with men one-to-one. -one. That's kind of where I see his great gifting. So I'm going to be quiet now, and we're going to, if we have our PowerPoint up, it's going to be up here in a minute. And we're just going to see some pictures from Larry's past that show his family. So give us plenty of volume. I love the song. Just give him a second here. We're, we're waiting on the, the music that goes with it. Tim, maybe you can go figure out. Yeah, we'll, we'll restart it. Nobody get in a panic. Boy, those are some high pants. That's all I got to say. Take it on back to the beginning, Tim, if you guys would. Take my voice and let me sing always only for There you go. Thank you guys. I apologize, y'all.
Sorry, y'all, we don't have everything smooth here. We're just a little country church, and we're not apologizing for that at all. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Larry, we'll talk about that later. Uh, guys, so what we're going to do, I'm going to ask everyone in the, in the congregation that is ordained, either as a deacon or as a pastor, to come up. Larry, I'm going to ask you to kneel here. Uh, do we have any cushion for Larry? I guess on my St. Patrick's quilt. What a fitting thing to... I was thinking it's kind of fun, too, to think that the Lord brought a hard-headed Scotch-Irishman like me and Gita, a Hungarian like Larry. He's, his family's from Hungary. Go all the way down with the sound. We don't need. He's okay, Wayne. If you guys will gather around, Larry, and let's lay hands on him.
I'll put it on you. Appreciate it. It's pretty hot. Larry talks quietly, so. Whoop. I'm not sure if I'm being violated or helped back then. <laughs> I think you're going to need to tone it down just a touch. to say thank you enough for the privilege that you guys have bestowed upon me. Um, the ordination process went through yesterday. I'm surprised I'm still alive. <laughs> Dr. House, your 50 caliber bullet almost got me. But it was all good. Taught me some things which I needed to 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 know that uh, there's areas of uh, scripture which I need to expand upon in terms of my knowledge base we never stop learning right we all are in the process of learning transformation is just something which we're doing on an ongoing basis it's, the goal is to have that thing called sanctification when we finally make that transformation thing complete so I learned yesterday that I have a couple of areas which I need to expand on in order to be able to be a true pastor uh, as a minister to men, which I've predominantly been doing. I had the privilege of focusing on one area of, of, uh, of uh, pastoral duties, and that was being the waterer of those seeds of truth to help the man become a godly man, then hopefully leaning towards being a godly husband and a godly father. That's the passion I have, is to have that to take place. I did not have that installed in me when I was a young man. So I had to learn by mistakes. And my goal and my passion is to help other men not have to go through that process. So if we can shortcut that process and get closer to God while we're doing it, then I'm there. I'm ready to go. That's my thing. I wanted to just also to say thank you to Pastor Favor. He's uh, been kind of a great coach. Now, you notice he has a lot of energy. A lot. No, I mean a lot. That's not my pro personality. I'm the uh, the Jacob Well kind of guy, deep water, not too much of a bubble on top, slow and easy. My, I learned a long time ago that my ministry has to be based upon listening in order to be able to properly guide and lead. And that's my heart, that's my passion. I'll never be the same individual that Pastor Favor is up here in terms of delivering the message because he's designed differently than I'm designed. You don't need two favors. 
You don't need two Larrys. What you need is a team. And right now we got a couple of pieces. We got some deacons which also facilitate as parts of, of the team. But God is building a team for a reason. There's a door back there. And when God wants to bring his wounded through the doors, he has to have a team of doctors ready to deliver those from their woundedness into their healings. And that's what's taking place here, is the team of doctors being put in place. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, isn't it just, just think about it. Just think about what, what that means, what's going to be coming through the door. Just think about that. How, how God is trusting us with his wounded children to take them from where they are and bring them to the point that they want to sit on his lap and spend their life there on Abba Father's lap. Listen to his heart saying, Father God, tell me how much you love me. And he's pouring his love over top of you. It's kind of like a big stack of pancakes and he's got a big bottle of syrup. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, just take a short time here today and we'll pick this subject matter up uh, a little bit later on, maybe next week or maybe sometime later on. And the subject matter which I'm going to talk about or introduce today is a thing called transformation. Yes, Michael, you went, he's uh, shaking his head back there. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Visualize this. Uh, no. We're going to be teaching on Ephesians chapter uh, 4 verses 22 through 24 and the teaching points of that particular scripture is that we're to take off our old self and put on the new self but there's a condition statement in between and that condition statement is we got to do this thing called renewing the mind and this is where we par primarily fail we primarily fail by the fact that we are not willing to commit the time, give God the first fruits, to be able to, thank you, Michael. Give me the next slide, if you would, please, Michael. Bruce, appreciate it. Alrighty, there, where we go. Forward and back, got it. So in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, uh, we're not going to tear into this. I just want to introduce it to you, what we're going to be talking about in the future. And it says, you were taught in regards to your former way of life. Now, the former way of life it's talking about is when you were not a believer. When you were living by your wits. When you were living by the, the rules of the world rather than God's rules. So therefore it was rules of survival rather than rules of faith. So you were living this former life. That's all you knew because there was no relationship with God. So if there's no relationship with God that gives you only one thing to choose from and that is a relationship of the world. No free will in that sense. 
you got to have the salvation experience before you have the abilities to be able to say, I could choose God if I want to, or I could choose the world. So without salvation, you cannot get to this point where you can now enter into the thing called sanctification. And the act of getting to the sanctification is called the acts of transformation. Transformation from your old character, that one was conformed and, and created by the world standards, such as peer pressures and things of that nature. Now you've got to take all that off, and you've got to now take on a new character, and that new character just doesn't come. You have to learn it. Everything about Christianity is learned. Everything about our sinful nature is instinctive. When Adam sinned, we ended up with a sinful nature. Now we have to learn how to take that off and put on this new nature, this new nature called Christ-likeness. We were created in his image and his likeness, so we're designed to do this. But it's not something that's going to be done for you because... God wants you to do this consciously. Because if we don't do it consciously, if we don't transform the soul from its darkness to the light, from its sinful nature to its Christ-like nature, then we don't have this knee-bent, tear-stained, heartfelt love for the Father. Because what causes that relationship to grow is the time we spend investing in that relationship that causes us to realize how much we need that relationship. I never know how much I need a grocery store until my tummy starts hurt. I never know how much I need a relationship with God until my soul starts to hurt. That's transformation. And Father God says, look, I'm, I'll cut you a deal. Your spirit is dead. It's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Dead to sin. Dead, dead. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to renew your spirit. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the Holy Spirit inside of you, in that spirit. Isn't that a gift? Is that a gift? Is, did I earn that? No. Did you earn it? No. But did he do it? Yes. Why? Because he loves us. While yet we were still sinners, he loved us. While we were still saying crucify him, Jesus died for us. That's how much he loves us. So now he's saying, look, I'm also going to go ahead and give you a thing called the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll talk about this stuff later. And the fruit of the Spirit is nine aspects of God's character, nine elements of God's character. And it's like a big toolbox. It's great. Hey, you want to know how to love? There is a tool in your toolbox called love. But you, you have to go get that tool and you have to plug it in in order for it to work. I'm not going to do that for you. You're going to have to do that. Well, Father God, why don't you want to do that for me? After all, you're loving, aren't you? Yes, I love you so much that I want you to learn how to love me. When I met my wife some 54 years ago, I didn't know how to love her because I didn't know her. I knew she was pretty good looking. 
That didn't take a high IQ to figure that out. Two good eyeballs, and man, you got, you got that figured out right away. But I spent a year courting her to learn how to love her and learn why I wanted to love her and to learn why I wanted to be married to her. But it took a year's worth of time to do that. It wasn't a microwave situation. It was a crockpot situation. But I learned how to love her through the experience that we journeyed together for that year. And then we continued to learn how to do that as we went through our 53 years of marriage. The point is, you're married to God. You're the bride of Christ. You have to learn how to love him as he has learned to love you. He came here for a reason. He came here to learn how to love you. He came to learn the power of temptation. Though he was not tempted, overcome, but he had to learn what the pain of that, of saying no to temptation. So he could then say, I understand that. I understand that struggle that they're having. I understand that. And when they transform from where they are to where I am taking them to, then they'll be able to resist that. But right now, they're my little child and I need to take care of them. I understand that. Because he came. He lived 33 years. He didn't come as an adult, he came as a baby. So he understands baby problems. He understands little child problems. He understands little adult problems. He understands old adults problems because he lived all of it. He's not just a mentor. He's not the mediator for just a age group. He's for all. It's important for us to understand that if we're going to go through this transformation process with him, that whether I'm a little lad like this young man back here, or I'm a teenager like this sitting back here, or if they're my age, that he understands. He's been there, done that, got the t-shirts. That makes him the great teacher. It also makes him the great mediator to interfere for us, to intercede for us, to stop whatever uh, Satan's trickeries have to be. As long as we have this relationship with him through the renewing of the mind, he can say, hey, hey, Larry, Larry, that's only a half truth. He's trying to trick you, Larry. That's how he protects us. But I have to sit there and say, okay, I got that. I have to make a decision. And that's the free will. So we're going to get into that. We're not going to get into it any deeper than we're already at right now because there was a clock and I had the privilege of being up here and having hands placed upon me and I want to say again thank you thank you very much for the chance of being a servant here and if you have a desire or a need for somebody to come and sit with you to spend time to help you to get through a problem 
or to come to know the Lord greater than what you already know, then my phone number will be available to you for doing that. I have absolutely no problems, midnight calls. Jeff knows me for about 20 years. Uh, he did not make any of those midnight calls, but he knows the men who did. Amen to that, huh, right, Jeff? Yeah. So I've sat with drunkards until he got sober. Uh, that's what I do. This fine man here teaches the scripture, and he's out there working the field of harvest as well. My job is to come alongside good men and help them become godly men. That's my passion, my desire, as well as I work in the areas of helping marriage. Amen? Right? Amen? So, with this, just let me close uh, and say pause. Hope you are looking forward to what I got to say about the rest of that scripture up there. Because there are some key points. Just let me give you just a sample and then I'll shut up. You ever want love, joy, and peace in your life? Tired of hatred? Tired of fear? Tired of uh, doubt? A double-minded person? You can't have that without having transformation. You can't have that without getting to the thing called sanctification. Because where you get unconditional love, joy, and peace is when you're sitting in Abba Father's lap. He says over in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, I invite you into my rest. Think about that. The creator of the universe says, I want you come sit him up right here. Because in Psalms 91 it says he's got his feathers around us. That's the description of his arms. Wow. That's how close he wants us. To. It's not an arm relationship. It's a heart relationship. Amen. I want to help you to have love, joy, and peace. And that's part of this teaching is to get you there. I have it. I have it and I love it. Now I had the others and I didn't like them because they brought me nothing more than misery and what I am full of is all that I have to give. And there's the problem. All I could give my family was my bitterness. All I could give to my fellow brothers was bitterness because that's all I had here. But when I got into Abba Father's lap and came full of love, joy, and peace, it wasn't free. I had to work. I had to earn. I had to renew. I had to start being obedient to it. I had to start practicing it as part of my life. When I did that, then all of a sudden, my heart was full of love, joy, and peace. And now I have something new to give. You want that kind of relationship? Yeah. Then stay tuned. Amen? Amen. God bless. Would you like this contraption back? I would. All right.
Yeah, Larry and I both have bad feet. It's just where we are right now. Larry calls us soul brothers, or S-O-L-E brothers. And it's funny, <clears throat> we could have made a joke and go, well, God made us whole because I have a bad one left foot and you got a right. No, we both have bad left feet. I have bad both feet. But uh, anyway, uh, that's all right. That's helped me in my ministry to talk to people when they have afflictions they can't overcome. I've prayed that my feet would be better. They're not. That's okay. We're moving forward with love, joy, and peace. So we're going to close uh, with amazing grace. Uh, in your bulletin, you will see if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, the gospel is clearly there. The gospel, as we talked about yesterday, the good news is this. I'm a sinner. That's not the good news. That's the bad news, right, Dr. House? Uh, but I realize I'm a sinner. Jesus died for me. He was buried and he rose again from the dead. And if I put my faith and trust in him as my Savior, I'm saved. Guys, that's the gospel in 15 seconds. And you know what? That's the gospel in 15 years or in 1,500 years. The gospel is still the gospel. Amen? So let's walk into the heart of God as my friend, Pastor Michael, says. He said, you know, we ask God to come into our hearts. Really, it's us walking into his heart saying, Lord, I want to be here in whatever you want me to be in. So we're going to close together with Amazing Grace. Did you look at the insert, Larry, to see what verses they're singing? I didn't, I didn't put this in the insert, actually, because I figured oh, we'd okay. just be doing it as everybody was yeah. dismissing. We're getting there. <laughs> By the way, we love y'all. It, isn't it wonderful? It's so wonderful to be up here. And we can see the faces of all you guys. And we love you so much. I can't even tell you how much love you put in our hearts just by being here. You guys can stand with us. I do want to say one thing. I want to say that that was a great sermon, Larry. Thank God that you came to us.
service please they have both expressed a desire to join i want to talk to you about that procedure okay thank you everybody for being here today